Despite medical advancements in drugs and delivery devices for asthma and allergy sufferers, some patients are not getting appropriate dosages, but new advances are being worked on that could improve care for many through nanotechnology. Welcome to a special focus on allergy on ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune, and joining me today is Rob Neville. Mr. Neville is executive executive chairman of Savara Pharmaceuticals. He was the founder and CEO of the Austin Technology Incubator-based Evity Inc. before that, and he later founded the management consulting company Clockwise Consulting. Clockwise partnered with local biotech companies, the Texas Children's Hospital, and the Baylor College of Medicine in Houston to develop an ICU-based monitoring and diagnostic device. Rob Neville, welcome to Reach MD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Thank you, Bruce. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, so our listeners who, you know, by and large could be on the medical profession, but a lot of people still don't know about nanotechnology. So before we begin on talking about Savara's exciting new technology, tell us a little bit about nanotechnology and its application to healthcare. Really, the nanotechnology means you're dealing with small things, particles, one millionth of a millimeter. And what we've done is we've found a a novel way to take existing drug compounds and formulate them for inhalation. And and really, this addresses the growing problem with asthma in that even if the devices are used correctly, very small amount of the dose reaches the peripheral lung or the lung period. Well, in the nanotechnology, I know it's used in pills and it's just evolving in healthcare, but it's a certain fraction of a particle, is it not? A nanoparticle is actually composed of atoms of the drug substance itself. And so tell us a little bit about what Savara is doing in the asthma space, because some of your people sent me something very interesting that shows that currently only 15 to 30 percent of a drug makes it into the lung, which, which that's sort of surprising because you think of the inhalers and so forth is that that they work for everybody, and that's usually, I guess, not the case. Exactly. And, and what we found is it's not the molecules that are the problem, it's the delivery systems that give you such a low respiratory dose. And part of it is the coordination, especially with kids with the propellant-based inhalers. Part of it is the formulation itself. The particles are too big and they don't fly properly. They end up in the back of the throat. And what you end up then, obviously, is systemic uptake as, it, um, as it's swallowed and the resulting side effects. So what we've done with the nanotechnology is we've modeled in a novel approach. We've, we've looked at naturally occurring aerosols and seen their aerodynamics, and they have an uncanny ability to fly into the lung and stay. And using nanotechnology, we had the fidelity of control to particle engineer a powder that solves a lot of these problems. Um, so this novel approach takes existing validated compounds and make them more efficacious. So in effect, when you say the valid compounds, it's just the drug itself, but what you do is you break it down? That is correct. So what we do is we take, let's give an example of bedesonide. We will take bedesonide and we will reduce that to a nanoparticle scale and then use our process to create a micron scale structure that has the appropriate aerodynamics that are able to, because of that, we're able to reduce the dose significantly with the same efficacy. And so would the drug delivery device 
have to necessarily change? I mean, if you have, for example, a asthma inhaler and then you are taking the drug and breaking it down, would you need to change the device or if perhaps you could tell us how it works now and how it may work in the future? Right. What we're targeting initially are dry powder devices. And so um, the great thing with this higher performance powder is it does make an average device better, but it makes a good device excellent. So we can use existing devices. And a dry powder device is, just in case people might not know, is give us an example of that. The spin haler would be an example of a, of a dry powder device. Or the monohaler, I think, is another one. Um, these are devices that don't require coordination because of the propellant system. These, you just sort of like a respirator for a diver. You would just inhale the powder, and it's somewhat like a smoke, and you would inhale that. It's a lot easier, especially for kids. In fact, as a company, we have an, a vision to create an improved device for kids that are easier to use for kids. And so the technology then takes the nanoparticles of the drug and forms it into clusters with the shape of the naturally occurring inhalants. Tell us about with the treatments that are out there now, what kind of side effects would kids have because the drug is not broken down and getting to the lungs? There wouldn't be any additional side effects. This is just a reformulation of existing known validated compounds. And by reducing the dose, we will be reducing the systemic uptake. So there are no additional systemic side effects. And how far along is the technology in the trial process? Tell us a little bit about this for our listeners. Is that when could something like this be on the market and potential other uses for it? A good question. We, we're working with a number of pharma companies formulating compounds for them, including combination therapeutics. And these are at different stages of development. The, the great thing with using drugs that the FDA know is that we don't have the same development path that a new molecular entity would have. So we're talking three to four years from conception through to market approval. Well, if you're just joining us, or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to a special focus on allergy on ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune, and joining me today is Rob Neville. Mr. Neville is the executive chairman of Savara Pharmaceuticals, and he's joining us from Savara's offices in Austin, Texas, where we're talking about nanotechnology, which breaks down a drug into smaller particles. Now, why is this important? because it allows the drug to actually get to the lungs. And we're just talking about that with children. But if you could, Mr. Neville, there are other applications as well for adults that might not be getting adequate doses of inhaled drugs. Exactly. And as you said, with particle engineering, we're able to get down into the one micron range so we can reach the peripheral lung. In fact, with current formulations, only 20% of what makes it into the lung gets to the peripheral lung. With the particle engineering and the fidelity of control using nanotechnology, we can dial in particle size to reach the peripheral lung that obviously has applications in the COPD space. There's a number of other applications even outside of that. Local delivery, for instance, anti-infectants. We've also formulated a contrast agent that is currently used in angiography for inhalation, and there's a number of applications around that. So there's quite a range of applications that this platform technology seems to work well with. The physician knows a certain dosage. Would the dosage of the drug necessarily change? 
if you say that only like 15 to 30 percent of a drug makes it into the lung and then all of a sudden with nanotechnology, it's all getting in there, would the dosage change or would this just make things more effective? The dose will change. We'll reduce the dose so that it has the same bioequivalent. So for instance, if you're taking 100 milligrams of bedesonate, our hope would be to reduce that down to at least 50 milligrams and have the same efficacy. And one would think that if you're using less dose, I mean, there could be some in these times of our economy, I mean, there could be situations where this could be more cost effective, couldn't it? I think so, especially with the performance of the powder compensates for the technology of these inhaler devices. And by having high performance powders, the big cost is really the devices. And so we're able to use devices that are dumb devices and still get the same performance. And is this being used in any clinical trials? Could you tell us a little bit about that? Like, where is that in the the trial status, either in the U.S., overseas, or all of the above? It's currently preclinical. And for the most part, as as a company, we're working through the large pharma. So they're taking the formulations and then doing the development themselves internally. So the large pharmas are developing the the internal usage of the the product and you're just supplying the device or how does that work? We're supplying the formulation technology. So we're we're not in the business of trying to develop the actual drugs using this formulation technology. We're providing the technology to pharma, especially pharma that are in the inhalation space that have familiarity with these devices and providing our formulation technology for their next generation of inhalation products. So if you were a physician in a a certain specialty in allergies, uh, asthma, etc., would you be hearing about this? Would you be able to participate perhaps in a trial down the road? And if so, how soon would that be? I would imagine so. And from a timing standpoint, I think we're probably a year out. And it depends on how fast these farmers work, and that's outside of our control. But we're probably a year to a year and a half out from a clinical trial. As a company, we have some other projects that we're doing internally, and those ones are more within our control. And so, yes, in those ones, we will be able to get physicians to be involved. And we have a heart as a company as well to do TB and some other some other sort of non-cash-rich opportunities Um, TB is an infection in the lung, and this technology would work great with TB. So we have a number of other projects that we're interested in internally. Those ones we're funding ourselves. And on the the front, when you're talking about treating asthma, allergies, COPD, etc., the large pharma, all pharma actually, they're getting more into the combination therapies. And I know in some of the information that you sent, you see an opportunity if you're able to get a larger dose when the pharma companies get into these combination therapies to attack these problems, it would seem that nanotechnology would help that, wouldn't it? Absolutely. And part of the problem with combination therapeutics is dose repeatability. And that is a consistent dose in a device time and again, regardless of how that device has been thrown around. Dose repeatability is a problem. And typically what they do is they just mix these therapies together. What we're able to do at the particle engineering stages is actually co-formulate the drugs where one particle, one micron scale particle, has nanoscale particles of both drug compounds in one particle. And could you talk about any other ones other than allergies, asthma, and any other areas if you can disclose for us? One area that's pretty exciting to us, and this is not even in the therapeutic space, this is in the diagnostic space where, as I'd said, we took a contrast agent used in angiography, we've already formulated that, and what we're able to do with that is get a much higher resolution image using standard spiral CT, 
And the interesting thing with that is through macrophage uptake, the, the standard mechanism, the clearance mechanism, the iodine-based contrast agents carried to the lymph nodes and were able to get a view into the internal structure of the lymph nodes. So that would help with uh, lung cancer staging. So it just gives you an idea of how, how diverse this particular technology is. Well, with that, I would like to thank Rob Neville, who has been our guest. He's the executive chairman of Savara Pharmaceuticals, and we've been talking about nanotechnology, which will be something that uh, physicians and their patients will be hearing more about as a way to administer drugs more effectively by breaking down drugs into smaller particles so they are delivered more effectively. And I would like to thank him for being our guest. This is Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune, and you've been listening to a special focus on allergy on ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. ReachMD, online, on demand, and on the air. Please visit us at ReachMD.com, and I'd like to thank you today for listening.